0: And welcome back
1: in Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michaels Show Uh, around this great state of Wisconsin. On a Friday, got a little snow this morning down in the uh, Milwaukee area. Uh, A little dusting of snow. We've uh, actually been okay. If you you don't like the uh, heavy-duty winter weather, um, well, then you should move. But if not, uh, we're getting away unscathed here a little bit to a degree. It was a little cold spell uh, a few weeks ago, but outside of that, nothing, uh, nothing major. But uh, you know, again, as I said yesterday, uh, 90 days of uh, the he- heavy stuff in the winter time, at, at least in let's say uh, Madison and south. Uh, north of that, you guys know you get dumped on quite a bit more, but. Uh, 90 days, December, Jan, and Feb, and then we can start thinking about, you know, spring training getting underway. And which is heck, you know, here we are, the 8th of uh, January, and spring training uh, is going to start just a little over a month from right now. And yes, everything is on time as of today. Now here's, uh, here's, I won't say an issue that I've had, but just a, a, just a little bit of a, a curious uh, sort of feel to it. So we have, you can check the box of uh, college basketball is up and running. And, of course, protocols are into play here. NHL about to get up and going. NBA, with, with a short shelf life in between seasons, is back up and running. The NFL, and there, there is the the the, the huge indicator there, that you know of, of how many. This might be a better question for our our green and gold insider, uh, Mike Clemens. But you know how many people, staff, players, and and everything, are involved with an NFL team this year? I would say upwards of 70s to 80 range, 50 plus man roster, and and you go from there. NFL, there's the indicator there that it is the, the perfect example of how we can have sports, uh, throughout the uh, pandemic that we're going through. And I know there's a lot of differing opinions on this, and I understand that there's, uh, sometimes vehement arguments about this. And I understand the positive rate and the tests. And the false positives and the false negatives and the the hospitalizations. And of course the death rate and of course the death toll. I understand all of it. I've got you. In, In the most objective way, one can possibly look at this. But I don't understand this part of all this, and that is why baseball is getting picked on i'm a little territorial when it comes to baseball for obvious reasons those that don't know for you know a decade and a half 15 years i've been doing uh, post game duties talking brewers baseball uh, in milwaukee man i love that team and, and if there's a love affair that is uh, <laughs> that is, that is out there uh between a a man and, and in and a business or a team, it's it certainly, I would be the, the biggest example of, I just love brewers. And I have, it's been that way since I've been a kid. And those of you that listen to me for, forever, you guys are aware. I just collect everything, brewers, and I just, I'm in love with them. So I am a little territorial when it comes to that. But when I have to read again this year, Last year, in in retrospect, in hindsight, you can sort of understand it. I was in Arizona when the shutdown occurred for spring training. Our coverage continued in Arizona after the shutdown from an Airbnb instead of the broadcast booth at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Right in the middle of it. And in looking back, I, I completely understand it because we didn't know, we didn't have information. Now, we not only have information, but we have examples of how successful it can be. And I'm just going to talk reality to you. A positive test does not mean a walk to the death chamber. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, I'm just going with the facts here. I'm not. T- I'm, I'm. I'm not in any way, shape, or form, trying to stir up a a division here. However, on the other side, you will see that, boy, there's 350,000 people that have passed away from this virus. Now, some people would add the word allegedly to there. I didn't. But I know that example does exist and occurs. That being said, why, why is baseball, and I feel it's getting picked on, like you can't do this. And I I don't want to read the articles because what happens when I read the articles to you, it's like the third or fourth time that I read them and I just lose my mind. (laughs) USA Today is a culprit. LA Times is a culprit. Sometimes ESPN is a culprit. In my book. Of picking on baseball saying, how can you do this? I just cited you the examples of how you can do it. NFL football just did it for 17 weeks with double the roster and staff. Literally the numbers. You want to go by facts and numbers, which is what everybody says. Well, we've got to follow the numbers, follow the facts. Let's do that. The NFL just did that with twice the amount of people involved. And for the most part, in the grand scheme of things, it was rather successful, wasn't it? That being said, is baseball going to get going on time in just five and a half weeks from right now? I want to get the uh, date straight. Sam Schmitz is here with us today. Uh, Evan Heffelfinger is there. Evan or Sam, if if you can grab the exact date of Brewers' uh, reporting date. I know the uh, Brewers on Deck event in Milwaukee had been canceled for quite some time. And that would have been here just in a couple of weeks, uh, really late January. It normally occurs, I think, uh, in that uh, tweener week between the conference title games in the NFL and, and the Super Bowl. But, I mean, we're looking at mid-February to report. Craig Council spoke to the media uh, not more than, what, three weeks ago? And said that as far as he knows, uh, it's business as usual, to report. Now, will there be protocols? Is there a reason why I should be there for coverage? One of my favorite things to do is to, to one-on-one interviews with, with Milwaukee Brewers, players, staff, and coaches, and broadcasters. One of my favorite things, I look forward to doing that every single year. Okay, so, we see, this is why I'm curious It has a TBA to be announced. When do pitchers and catchers report? Well, there's the reason why I don't know. It's because they don't know. And the reason would be why. You tell me why there's, see, now again, I'm going to stay in total control. You tell me why there's not a date to report to spring training. Why those facilities aren't up and running with safety protocols in place. You're about ready to put 64 teams into an area in Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament. They just announced the protocols for that. You're looking at 15 or so teams, uh, whatever it is, 17 or whatever it might be in, uh, in, in the metropolitan Phoenix area and we can't get a game plan on that. Why is baseball different, Sam? I'm going to start with you. Why is baseball different? Why does it seem that that goes to a different a different beat? It goes to a different set of rules.
2: I don't know. I think well, first of all, it should I think it starts with Rob Manfred. The fact that he's still waiting to announce things that we still don't know if there's going to be a DH in the NL. We don't know a lot of things for this upcoming MLB season. I will say this, there are three teams and MLB that have set dates so far, the Orioles, the Rays, and the New York Mets all expected to report to spring training some, sometime between February 17th to the
1: 23rd. All, all of those teams in Florida. Is that right? Just off the top of my head, I believe all three of those teams train in, in Florida. So that being said, are there any in Phoenix, you know, Padres, and... Dodgers and Cubs and Brewers and White Sox Mariners not one Arizona team
2: yeah like has i said those are date. those are the only 3 that have set dates so
1: far i'm curious as to why i mean let it let it just soak in for a bit i don't want anyone to get sick i i get it I was sick for for what it's worth. So we're a lot of people. So are a lot of people. I, I, I'm just, I'm not saying society. I'm not saying restaurant bars. I'm not saying schools. I'm not saying any of that stuff. All I'm, all I'm just commenting on here, if you will, editorializing, if you, if you will, um, is. If other sports can do it why is baseball different is is there a is there a a, a a different physical activity involved here because I don't see it being as close as NFL football is I called it uh, last year doing some of these shows on the flagship in Milwaukee as as well as this show uh it's it's hand-to-hand combat in in the NFL You're face-to-face in the NFL. On average, baseball is not a face-to-face sport compared to football, right? So why the delay in baseball? They do have a a union contract. It does run through the end of this year. So that's not an issue, although we all know that the undertones and back channels, that (laughs) it probably is. I get it. But... Technically, in theory, legally, there is a, a players' association agreement with the league. But why the hesitation with baseball? If The wait-and-see attitude? Yet examples of organizational sports are happening right in front of our faces, including a Bucks game tonight, including a Badgers basketball game last night including NFL games over the weekend, including last weekend. 16 teams played in one day, what, five days ago on Sunday. All 16 teams played on one day. Yet baseball, who has still five weeks to play with, is hesitant in getting their season going. I, 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 I don't know. I don't I don't have the answer. You tell me what the answer is. Because I I I'm I'm confused. <laughs> I would be I'm confused anyway. But I'm even more confused with the examples after I just set forth the examples, then we still don't have anything with baseball. Now again, I may be jaded here because I am the a, a, a baseball guy. I I make my living in baseball. The last 15 years, make my living in radio the last 30,000 years. But in baseball, the last 15 years, why can't I have baseball? Maybe a little bit of a selfish uh, comment, but I don't think so. I, I I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair curiosity. Uh, if you want to jump in here, 855-830-8648, that's 855-830-8648, why does baseball seem to be different than all the other sports that are going on? When you could make the argument that it's less it's less distanced than the other sports. <laughs> what do you think about it? All right, it's Tim in for uh, Bill today. It's a Friday edition, Wisconsin, of the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, Wisconsin. The Bill Michaels Show, a Friday edition. Uh, no reason to get too intense about this uh, conversation, that's for sure. Um, as we, we debate whether or not baseball should be, and again, maybe this is a moot point conversation because maybe they do get a, uh, underway, which is my hope, being an optimist, which is my hope that baseball gets underway. But if you're just joining us, just I, I'm curious as to why, We can play football and we can play basketball and we can play hockey. And for crying out loud, we can even have high school sports. But yet baseball is a little hesitant in in proceeding here. And I I understand, at least I try to, understand all sides of this and know that people have strong opinions about a lot of things going on in, in this country these days. There's some really strong opinions. But this is just an open forum to try and figure out why baseball would be different than a lot of these other sports that are up and running. And it's an out, I mean, I could, you know, again, I'm a little skewed on this because I I want it to happen so bad. A couple of reasons. One is I love Brewers baseball and baseball in general, but I do, you know, make a living doing that. That would be a reason why I would skew the argument that way. And I understand that's what I do. Another reason for me at least would be that it it is an outdoor activity for the most part, an outdoor activity, which uh, more social distance. I thought the protocols were pretty decent. There was some flare ups in a 60 game shortened season over the summertime. But again, um, not a lot of dates set. I won't say that there aren't plans being made because I would be shocked if there weren't at least behind the scenes to get baseball underway on time, or at least have a reporting date, pitchers and catchers, those three beautiful, lovely words that are out there. And, and when they would report and you know, when full team, you know, uh, physicals would happen and, and then position players report. And then the first game, I do know this, that they set out the schedule. For Cactus League games, that's a good sign. 855-830-8648. Football has double the roster baseball. does. just general math. You know, 50-plus as opposed to, you know, 25-plus. Add the staff in there. I would assume that the staff is far larger in the NFL per team than in baseball on a day-to-day, game-by-game activity. Uh, Let's go to uh, Appleton listening on the score. It is uh, Katie. Katie, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. What's your your spin on this, Katie? Help me out here. Well, I love baseball.
2: I was born and raised in baseball, so I'm really missing it like you. And I was just pondering your question and thought maybe it's because of the amount of games they play and the amount of traveling they have to do compared to the other sports, Mm -hmm. if
1: Mm -hmm. that's
2: a reason why they're a little more reluctant to get
1: going. Okay, excellent. See, now, again, Katie, thanks, thanks for the call. Valid and fair on CNN. No, I'm kidding. Um, valid and fair, Katie, because there is a tremendous amount of travel. With 162 games, 81 of those games played outside of your home city. You're embarking on three city road trips where you're landing uh, and playing three games. After game three, you're going back to the airport. You're landing another hotel. Good point, Katie. Another hotel. Get right back up. Staff, food, buses, luggage. Go to their park. Play a game for a couple of days. Repeat. Then, then you factory reset when you get back home. After three cities, you 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 go to you go into L.A., San Diego, and Denver. In eleven days. You're, you're again though. Now the other side would be, man. You know, once we leave that city, there's another there's another flight and another team that comes into that city. Or they leave too, and another. You could have these reciprocation type situations with hotels, which is, you know, probably. In fact, I know that's what they did this year. Uh, travel wasn't as extensive, and you're right. We weren't talking about, you know, seven to eleven day road trips, maybe occasionally a, a day more. We're, we're we're not talking in football, although they practice just about every day. We're not talking about, I think the rule in baseball is you can't play more than 21 straight days. That's three weeks, no weekends off. It's not like radio where everyone just takes the uh, banker's holiday every other week. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, had, I had to throw that in there. Um, but you play upwards of 20 and 21 straight days in baseball, I guess that could be it, but I guess, I guess Katie, something else for you and I to think about within the same reason would be, can there be protocols, uh, installed to keep that safe or can there be schedule, uh, protocols to keep these, this whole thing safe would really is what they did this year too, with the regional sort of, uh, uh, realignment on the schedule. It's just an interesting debate. It really is. Okay, let's talk some Packers football uh, up next. But I had to get that off my chest. And I, I still didn't get to the money part. But I'll, I'll try and do that before the show is done. But we, we are action-packed here today. And uh, the next hour will be Mike Clemens. But um, we will talk some Packers football next, I promise, with an expert. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Bill
0: Michaels Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: All right, welcome back. A Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Well, that was fun. I got you down around the... uh just pondering whether or not we're going to get a Brewers baseball sp- season. But uh, let's let's live in the moment here, and that is Packers football for sure. Packersnews.com. Eric Baranchek joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Eric, thanks for the time. I appreciate it.
2: Oh, Tim, I really am excited to be here today. I always like when you're when you're subbing in.
1: Th- awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I You know, uh, I want to start out uh, just with – Uh, Aaron Rodgers a little bit and and the transformation in in my opinion of uh, a couple of factors in, in his growth here because he I mean the the season he's having Eric is just amazing to me but it's wisdom experience and maturity that I am hearing from a 37 year old that just stepped to the next level both on and off the field it appears to me whenever I hear him speak your thoughts.
2: Really interesting that you say that because one of the things that you have to wait for for a quarterback um, is for the game to slow down because when you first come out of college, you have uh, you know a certain level of of experience, but you know the bullets fly a little bit faster in in the NFL than it does in the in the college world, and it, the, and the the degree of adjustments that are made, sight adjustments formation adjustments that are made on the fly are really, really high because you've got a lot of um, high IQ people on both sides of the ball. And not only do you have high IQ people, but you got high uh, athletic people too. So you really um, have to have, there's a, you know, you have to get that quarterback time to slow down and then after they slow down, um, that's when they really are good. So you're looking at year three, four, right? And uh, then there's another level of the slowdown. Um, And then there's this level of slowdown that we're seeing right now where it's almost like the matrix, you know, you see him and I'm just, I'm just, he has a mastery of the offense now of what they're doing. And um, he has a comfort level of um, from the offensive line and his protection. So he's able to, to go through his progressions and go and do things I'm just amazed. You don't see it on TV because it's really hard. You only see when you show the TV shot. All they show is the basically the line of scrimmage, right? Because they want everybody to see the quarterback. But if you watch him, he he gets guys open with his eyes, which is weird because you know most people. It's hard. How do you do that? Well, he'll be looking left, so the whole defense, the safeties and everything, starts shifting that way, especially. I think he's looking left, especially if if Adams is on that side. So then you see safeties start floating that way, and all of a sudden he turns and fires it to the right. Um, one example is that touchdown to Equimania St. Brown. People can go back and and uh, a actual game game rewind and watch that play happen and watch those safeties go right to the left, and he at the last second just turns and fires it to the right, and it's you know a touchdown by a no-name guy. So it's pretty. Pretty impressive uh, the way that you know, he can manipulate defenses with not only the words coming out of his mouth, but his eyes and, his, and in the, the way that you know his pump fakes. It's, he definitely has a mastery of what the offense is, is doing at this point in time.
1: There were some tenuous uh, circumstances. I guess maybe speculation might be the, the better word. When Lafleur was brought in, and whether or not they or that relationship was going to be better than than the McCarthy Rogers, at least late in in that tenure, um, it it appears that, uh, that that there is no there are no issues uh, with that relationship because uh, I I think part of that, and I'm just guessing, and you may know more on this. I'm guessing Lafleur opened his mind to consulting with Aaron Rodgers on, on the system and, and working with him to figure it out. And the communication obviously had to be there because we're seeing the results now.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it's hard to say, you know, they're pretty tight lipped about some of that stuff, but if you read between the lines, uh, it sounds like the relationship is very strong. And what you're seeing on the field is, um, uh, you know, just getting, you know, like last year was kind of getting into the offense and now it's just a, like a, a, you know, it's almost like a wizard out there uh, with what they're doing. And and the other thing that you're seeing too is, you know, he's 37 years old. He can still run around a little bit, but he's not, the, he's not a runner. He's looking to throw the ball. He'll run when he needs to, to get a first down and keep a drive alive. But what I like is the fact that he is not holding the ball as long and they have got it into his head that you know what? Guess what? It's okay to hand the ball off 25 times a game. Nothing wrong with that. And instead of get, instead of holding the ball and getting clobbered, how what you hit your checkdowns. You know, do some of those things. Know where your checkdowns are. Know where the. And if there's a blitz coming, we'll throw it to the to the zone where they vacated. You know, there's there's a, a lot of things that that are happening right now that have not been really good. You know, like the you know the last couple of years of uh, McCarthy. You know, I used to just sit there and pull my hair out. I'm like, why is this guy not hitting to the hot zone? Why is he not hitting his checkoffs? Why is he just standing there and getting clobbered? Um, but if, you know, if he's going to make it to a play where he is, and you look at some of the older quarterbacks, Brady and Breeze, those are the things that they're doing, and they are just become more efficient. And the, the big things will open up, and you just be patient. You know, just stand there and hold the ball and wait for him, because they'll open up on their own if you're efficient um, right off the bat.
1: Eric Baranchek, PackersNews.com, dot com, and I, I guess it comes down to this, and, and maybe there's some uh, teams and coaching staffs losing losing some sleep over this question. And, and Eric, admittedly, it might be a stupid question, but how do you beat him then? I mean, that's really what what people are losing sleep over. How would you beat a dude like this? Well, first thing is you got to load up on the run on
2: first down, and you, they got to do their best to. To get them to long yarded situations, but you know that's that's everybody's goal, right? So that's nothing new. But after watching enough football of, of this year and watching him versus last year and the year before, if you want to beat this guy, you got to beat him up early. You gotta you gotta take you gotta roll the dice, and you gotta get him down on the ground and dirty up his jersey early in the game, and then he starts getting you know like any quarterback, they, they're gonna get a little bit of rabbit feet, right? So. It's time to, you know, if you're gonna do it, you know, you really gotta have have some brass cojones because if you if you're gonna do zero coverage and if you're gonna do um, uh, and, and blitz a guy to get him down, it's you know you're you're playing you're playing roulette a little bit, you know, because what's gonna happen is he, he's gonna hit the hot zone or he's gonna hit the dump off, so. It's kind of darn if you do and darn if you don't. You know, you gotta you got to get him down on the ground, but it's, the hard part is if you don't, and that offensive line is playing pretty darn good, if you don't get him down on the ground and you're blitzing guys, he's going to tear you up. So, it's you know, if you're going to beat him, you got to beat him early with early pressure. I mean, early, when I say early pressure, early in the game and get him beat mm-hmm. up early. That's the way to beat him. That, that's the only way they're going to beat him.
1: I'm with you 110%. I, 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 it came to to, to my... Thought process uh, many years ago with Peyton Manning when he was just a general with the, with the Colts and it's like how do you beat this guy and then all of a sudden I, I thought well the only way to beat him is to hit him uh, and it's it's really because he's going to get you anyway. I mean, he's going to yeah. beat you anyway. I mean, if you want a you game plan against that dude, and you're going to have to do something a little bit different. That may occur down the line here. All pros announced, uh, Eric, uh, today. And any surprises for you, Alexander? I guess if you look at his game log, looks pretty impressive. Smith, uh, both those two defensive players on the second team, first team. Linsley, along with Adams, Rogers, and Bakhtiari.
2: No, I, I, those are, those are pretty good. You know, I, you know, I think that, is there a, yeah, I don't know. I I think you can, you can make the case for Tunyon, you know, I mean, his numbers that he's put up this year are pretty darn good, especially in the NFC. Uh, when you look at, at tight ends, um, maybe Amos, but I mean, no, I would say it's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, uh, I don't think anybody got really bloodied there on that. I agree. No,
1: yeah, no, I and and I would say the, the other thing would be the impressive nature of how the old line uh, has functioned here this year because uh, with with a few moving parts in there, Lindsley's injury and now obviously uh, uh, Bakhtiari, but boy, they've done one hell of a job. I mean, they've stepped up. Now I'm not sure it's an indicator. Certainly, I I love Jenkins move forward. I I think he's going to be on that old line, hopefully for the next ten years. I mean, be, maybe be a Packer legend, but. Boy, with the moving parts, maybe they're playing above what they normally are. I'm talking about you know uh, guys like Wagner and and Turner and these guys. But your thoughts on that offensive line? Because I don't think they get their due.
2: No, and one of the hard things that listen, offensive linemen they don't they don't just roll out of the womb and they're an offensive lineman. You know, running backs, D backs, wide receivers. Those guys are God gives them some gifts that. Most other people don't have offensive line, and the gift they get from God is, their, is is some some their size. But it's all hard work, and those guys are, and coaching. And the offensive the old adage is: offensive linemen are made, they're not born. And those guys are they're you know they put in their time. There's, it's obvious that the mental part of the game is really um, um, uh, driven hard home and they, they don't make stupid mistakes. You know, you don't, you, rarely do you see a guy running free in the backfield. I mean, look at like Dean Lowry. How many times is he just going to beat a guy off the line and then come screaming in the background? Well, you, we've seen him this year in the backfield. Well, it isn't because he's, he, you know, he doesn't do it very often. He does it because the offensive line screws up. Mm-hmm. You don't see any of those screw-ups on their offensive line. You don't see any mistakes being made. And, and, and when you are coached at a high level, and you're, uh, you know, you have guys like Bocciari, you got guys like Lindsay, Lindsay and Turner that are expecting, you know, these young guys to play at a high level. And are they a good example and a good role model? That's that's how it's done. Done. You know, offensive linemen, I don't care what anybody says. They are they are made and they're built. They're not born. And it's a lot about a lot of hard work. Um, not only just in the weight room and all that good stuff and at the dinner table. It's about the mental part of the game. And you see them. Not making mental mistakes, especially in the passing game. The other thing that I've noticed this year, not a whole lot of other people notice their pad level is pretty good. Um, over in years past, that's been a bugaboo with, with some of their offensive lines, is they've had really high pad levels. And this year, you see, um, the, I, I've noticed their pad level is better. Not only that, but they got athletes now, you know, Lindsley and Jenkins. Um, and even a little bit with Turner, they're, they're, when he's playing guard, they get to the second level, and they're not dominating run blockers. They're not rogue graders, you know, the 350-pound guys that just blow you away. I mean, those guys, they're not that. They're, they're more get out there, turn their backs, and, and, and make creases. And, um, I, you know, that offensive line is playing as good or better than anybody. I mean, yep. if they're not the best offensive line, they're in the very top end.
1: Uh, and they are playing like it there's no doubt and again maybe they're just uh, going on a little adrenaline and some some good vibe and and just great systems but it's been impressive uh and i think uh eric you've been in a fortunate situation just from a fan's perspective and and certainly i have over the years of being closer to these guys um than than you know one normally would get you know, maybe an autograph session here or there. If you've never stood next to an offensive lineman, you need to make sure you get a chance to do that. These men are just mountains. I you know you can't tell that on, t- on TV, Eric. I don't know if you recall the first time you were around like a, a couple of offensive linemen, but the first time I was, it was like I, I cannot believe human beings are this large. That's crazy.
2: Oh, that try shake sh- sh- their hand. It's kind of like a, it's, it's almost like, well, I'm not so sure I want you to shake my hand. You see this giant mitt coming out you. It's like, ooh, it's like a
1: catcher's mitt.
2: It is. Yeah, it can just engulf your hand and crush every bone at any given second. You know, I guess, to tell you a quick story, I was a kid and we were, they had a, Packers used to have a youth camp, and I remember standing there looking at Robert Brown and you know that guy was a. Like he was a. You probably don't remember him from the '80s. He was just a monster defensive end, and uh not a fat guy, but just a big man. I remember looking at him, going, "I'm like, how do I get big like you?" And he's like, "Eat beef, lots of meat. <laughs> I was like, Holy lots of cow. meat. he's like, lift weights and eat beef. Man. Okay, sir."
1: <laughs> well, we'll let's look, hook man. up and maybe have another conversation again next week as we uh, get more into uh, the actual matchup. But uh, Eric Baranchek, always a pleasure, man. It's, uh, it's a highlight uh, here on the show today. I appreciate the time, and let's do it again.
2: All right, you guys enjoy your weekend and uh, try to get off the couch a little bit. It's going to be three hardy. 18 hours of football
1: come staring down at us. <laughs> no no yeah, doubt. Can, cannot wait. Thank you. There's Eric Baranchek, PackersNews.com on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. Mm. For 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them at 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. There is uh, an employee here uh, that we work with that is, and I, and I mean this, uh, he's one of the best in the country. And uh, he will join us uh, in the next hour talking Packers football. In the meantime, there's a couple of things I need to get to, and that is paying respects. We'll do that next. Tim in for Friday edition of The Bill Michaels Show.
0: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
2: There'll be some fans in the stands for the Packers' divisional playoff game next weekend. The team says 6,000 seats for season ticket holders will go on sale next Tuesday. The players have had some light workouts and meetings. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett Interviewed for the Falcons' head coaching job, Hackett was asked, "With the Packers' recent success, is he surprised more front office people are being considered by other teams?"
1: Um, I mean, there's so many things that go into that. Um, I, I think that you know, if, if those things happen uh, for people, we'll, we'll be so excited for, for anybody and everybody. But I mean, right now, that that's for after the season. You know, we're just in the mindset we just we just want to get ready for the playoffs. And it's been 10 years since Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. How much would a second Lombardi Trophy mean to his legacy?
2: Obviously, I'd love to win one. It's been long. Time. Only a few of us who's actually uh, were there for that moment. So it'd be nice for all of us to get back. The Super Bowl is obviously a big part of the way that quarterbacks are judged and teams in general are judged, but it has always and it will always take a
1: team to do it. And hopefully, this is the team to do it this year.
2: That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay,
0: I'm Mike Clemens.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Bill Michaels Show, Friday edition, Tim Allen. And uh, we want to get to a couple of these things. We've got a couple in here. Sam, I want to uh, involve you and uh, Evan Heffelfinger, Sam Schmitz, and Evan Heffelfinger uh, producing the show today. Uh, with those we have lost, and and, and I know we're short. Uh, shortly going hit, to uh, hit a break here, but I will continue this afterwards. It's interesting um, that this many, and and maybe maybe it is a situation where um, where it's just spotlighted a little bit more. But it does seem like we've lost more uh, in in this last calendar year in terms of uh, uh, people who have passed in and around the sports world uh, than than really in the years prior to that. And I'll start with a couple here before the break. Uh, you know, th- one year ago, right around now, and we can all remember this, is Kobe Bryant, his passing in the helicopter crash in California. Just stunning. I mean, that that to me was uh, sort of the, the precursor of one hell of a year we were going to have. I mean, I, nobody saw this type of thing coming at that time uh, in terms of the pandemic and, and, and deaths, but... I mean, where were you? I was, uh, I was just coming out of uh, the Brewers on Deck event when, when I heard the news on Kobe Bryant. It's just, you, you just turn the clock back a little bit. Uh, so Kobe Bryant started that off in uh, January. How about uh, Tom Terrific? And no, it's not Tom Brady uh, with that nickname. It's Tom Seaver. Tom, Tom Seaver is the one that has uh, that nickname. For all eternity, uh, we lost him. You know, uh, Mets and, and White Sox. I remember him as a as a Met and a White Sox. Uh, Whitey Ford, we lost in 2020. Now, I can't say that I watched Whitey Ford, although some would accuse me of watching him play baseball. Uh, Bob Gibson, the right-hander. Just Oh, man, St. Louis Cardinal, just an amazing Euchre caught him as well. We'll continue with this list uh, down memory lane a little bit, pay our respects to those who, who we have lost in the last calendar year. You're listening to a Friday edition, and still to come, Mike Clemens, more Packers conversation. Stick around. It's the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.